Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. Your word says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. We thank you, Lord, for this gathering of your children. We pray, Lord, that even as we look into your word, Spirit of God, that you will teach us that which you want us to learn, that which you want us to know, that you speak to each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So yesterday, I, I, I went to London. I'm in, excited about London. I'm not excited about London. I'm sure most of us are familiar with Golders Green. Yeah? Okay, if, if you take National Express ever, you always pass by Golders Green, whether or not you know it. And being Saturday, as, as we're passing by Golders Green, Saturday is for the Jews, Shabbat. And I was seeing so many people Young, old, adults, children, suits, all looking smart. Men with their cap, the older ones with the beard, different types of hats with their shawl and everything. And you could tell who they were. You didn't need anybody to tell you who they were. And you're like, wow, these are Jews. And, you know, I saw them and I thought, they're Jews. And my mind started going through, what does it mean to be a Jew? Who are Jews? Oh, children of Abraham, the, the, the called ones, the, yes, the called ones. First of all, God side with an entire nation and moved to a people. Before he called the Lord Jesus himself to redeem us. But the, you know, a, a nation set apart. And I was thinking all sorts about them. Oh, and the Jews say proudly, we're Abraham's children. What does it mean to be Abraham's children? What is the expectation? And I was like, the Lord gave them commandments. Do this, do that. Walk in my way. Do not mix with. And if, if, we, if we really think about it, what makes them Jews is not the dress they were wearing. Obviously, the, the dress they were wearing is an indication of their identity. So you, you think about Jews and you have an image that speaks to that identity. There are things they do, there are things you expect. Oh, they keep the Sabbath. They don't eat certain food. They eat kosher food. Now you start thinking about all sorts. You can say the same thing about the Muslims. You see the Muslims and there are certain things that speak to their identity that make you know who they are. I always, always joke. I, I have a friend that the, the father was a Muslim, an Alaji, and this man had a pork farm. And some people laugh. I, I, I struggle to reconcile that, that how can a Muslim have a pigree? He had a pigree, and he was an Alaji. Funny one, but, you know, th there's some things that 
you identify with certain people. If you say, this is who I am, there are things that will be identified with you. And if anything contrary, people will wonder, hang on. Now, for us as Christians, we, we don't have any particular type of clothing we wear. As it was easy for me to identify the Jews. Now, the, the, the message I'm sharing with us is titled, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? How many of us have, you know, sometimes when, you, when you're, you know, thinking about certain things, all of a sudden, everywhere you go, everything you do, you begin to observe those things. You want to buy a car. You see a particular car. You've never noticed it before. And then once you see that car, everywhere you go, you start picking it up. That's what's been happening to me for the past two weeks. This, this message of what's in the name identity. Funny enough, the, the Bible passage for this morning, I woke up, my devotion, it was the same Bible passage. So it's like everything is just speaking and I'm like, okay, interesting. God. God has a word for us, but you know, really what's, what's in a name? There's a, there's a very interesting story, and we'll read that passage. Um, it's 1 Samuel 25. 1 Samuel 25, it's, it's a rather long one. I'll try and read it quickly. 1 Samuel 25, I'll read from verse 2 to 27. It says, now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal. The name of his wife was Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. For the man was harsh and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was sharing his sheep, David sent 10 young men. And David said to the young men, go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him, who lives in prosperity, peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have sharers. Your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men and they will tell you, therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son, David. So when David's young men came and they spoke to Nabal, according to all these words in the name of David and waited, then Nabal answered David's, servants and said, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my sharers and give it to men when I do not know where they're from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back. And they came and told him all these words. Then David said to him, to his men, every man gird on his sword. 
So every man girded on his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. Now, one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet your master, and he reviled them. But the men were good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them. When we were in the fields, they were a wall to us, both by night and day, all the time we were there with them, keeping the ship. Now, therefore, know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against your master, our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sears of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, go on before me, see, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. So, so it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down towards her, and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain have I protected all that this fellow has in, his, in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. And he, and he has prepared me evil for good. May God do so, and more also, to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. <clears throat> now, when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, O Lord, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is within. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as you, your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as neighbor. And now, this present which your maidservant has brought to you, my Lord, let it be given to the young men who followed my Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm sure we're, we're all familiar with that story. I think that there's so many things there. As, as a young man, I think I, I took a rather cynical view of Abigail. Because I, I, I always ask myself that, how, how come this woman, if you, if you read it to the end, you know, Nabal died 
pretty much the following day. Neighbor died the following day. David said, you know what, told his man, go get Abigail for me. And she went immediately. And the first question I asked myself was, she didn't even mourn her husband. Okay, what's going on here? And, you know, I, I remember when, when I was in my youth service, you know, young folks, we all gathered together and we were deliberating on this passage. And some of us were like, man, that woman was scheming. I leave, I leave that to you to decide. But, hey, I, I pray that God will give, you know, surround us with people that will speak the right words to us. And that when they speak, we'll hear. You, you know, think about it. Nabal died the following day. If Abigail had not spoken to Nabal, David, sorry, if Abigail had not spoken to David, David would have killed Nabal there and then and killed an entire people. He heard what Abigail said. His hand was spared from bloodshed. But what was due to Nabal still came to him, as God will have it. I, I've, I've seen people that, you know, out of anger, literally slapped someone, and the person collapsed. All you know, they might have had their own complications. And then you say, oh, you know what, all I did was just push them. And you're thinking, how can someone be pushed and they die? I pray that God will, you know, it will order, it will continue to order our steps so that we will not, will not miss the mark. Abigail said something about Nabal. She said, as his name is, so he is. Um, that is verse 25. It says, please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name. And folly is within. Now, if someone was named, called Nabal from the get-go, and we're told that, you know, he's pretty much foolish scoundrel, and he's living up to his name. It, it, it makes me wonder, why, why is, what is it about names? What is it about names? We, we see other instances in 1 Chronicles verses 4, 9, and 10. Sorry, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. We, we read about Jabez. The Bible tells us it was honorable, but there was a but. It says it was named, okay, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez. Why? Because he was born in pain. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, he asked for a name change. He asked for a, a change in identity. He asked for a change in circumstance. People live up to their names. What name are you called? What name are you called? Abigail said, as his name is, so is he. He was living up to his name. Another instance of name change we see in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3, verses um, chapter 35, verses 16 to 18. And that was when Benjamin was born. You know, Genesis 35, 16, it says, and they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth and she had, she had hard labor. 
Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was as her soul was departing, for she died. She called his name Benoni. And what does Benoni mean? Benoni means child of my sorrow. Child of my sorrow, son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin. And Benjamin's son of the right hand. Son of my strength. So names, names are important. Names are important. But it's not, it's not just the name we bear. You know, I, I, I checked the... Okay, so name, definition, a word or a set of words by which a person or thing is known. A word or a set of words by which a person or a thing is known. The, the Hebrew word for name is Shem, and it means breath. So if, if you think about it, it means breath. It, it talks about the seat of the character. So if, if you think about a name, it's talking about not just the, the appendage, the title, what you're called, but your entirety, your character, your identity, your person. So your name, my name is not just Demola. If you, if you describe me, that is who I am. This is who I am. This, there's, there's a book I'm reading recently. And that book reminded me so much about Amazing Grace. Because in that book, the, the writer was talking about a group of people in somewhere in the south of Spain, um, Christians that gathered. And apparently in that area, I think there are a lot of Catholics. They're not used to the Pentecostal style of worship. And when these guys go out to share the message, when they go out, you know, evangelism and all that, people are like, who are you guys? Are you the ones that are always singing? The group that's always singing because they were always worshiping. Are you the group that's always singing? And they became known as the group that's always singing. Now, from all, all intents and purposes, their identity, oh, those groups that are always worshiping, that's what they were identified as, irrespective of what name they might have called themselves. A lot of people don't know the name of this church in this environment, but they're always like, have you noticed, they'll be like, oh, you guys, you sing a lot. You sing a lot. You worship a lot. That is how they identify us. Your name is not just your title. Who are you? You say, um, Demolo Bimbe. Who is Demolo Bimbe? Who are you? Does your name speak of your identity? When people describe you, what do they say? It's not just the things you say that speaks about you. So you're a Christian. I've shared this story before. Um, one of my, when I was in university, one of our fellowship mentors, he was talking about how he was driving. And you, you know how folks drive. Some of us were streetwise. So there was only one parking space left. In a, he went to a grocery store and I was about to park. And 
you know, this guy just came with this car. This was, if I remember, this would have been in the 70s or so. This car just, just came with this car. And some of us were very good at that. We noticed the last parking spot. We get there before anybody else. And, you know, he was trying to maneuver to park. And this person just parked there. And then he now saw a sticker on the guy's car. Something, you know, you know the stickers well put. Jesus saves, we love Jesus, and this and that. And, you know, he, he now got down. He went to meet the person and said, you know what? I love your sticker, but not your style. And that, that says a lot. So the fact that I, I wear a label, I'm a Christian. My T-shirt says, Jesus saves. That's not enough. It's not enough. Jesus loves you. But everything I'm doing is speaking to the contrary. Can I truly call myself a Christian? Can I truly call myself a Christian? That's a name I bear. Can I truly call myself a Christian? <clears throat> what is your name? What is your identity? Who are you? Who are you? Your name is more than an appendage. It's your character. It's your identity. Psalm 138, verse 2. Psalm 138, verse 2. It says, I will worship. 38, 138, and verse 2, the second verse of Psalm 138. It says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name praise the lord i will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name this verse is particularly interesting to me. Two things. You, you know, the, the first thing, the psalmist said, I will praise, I will worship you towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. And I, I wondered, why did he not say your names? Why singular? Why not plural? Because if, if I ask each and every one of us, what's the name? Or, you know, what's the name of God? I'm sure we, we can reel them off. How we know him? What do we, how do we know God? Some that I'm sure some of us can at least 10, 20 from the scriptures. You talk about Adonai, my Lord, yes? El Shaddai. What does El Shaddai mean? Anyone know? The many-breasted God, the Almighty, okay? El El Yun. I'm sure we're familiar with this name. El El Yun, the Lord of Heaven. Jehovah Savoth, the Lord of Hosts. El Roy, the God that sees. El Holam, the everlasting God. And Okay, anymore. 
Reel them on, please, go on. Jaira. Shama. Rafa. Nisi. Rofika. Mekadesh. Sitkenu. Sir? Shalom. Peace. But, but the psalmist didn't say all your names. So there, there, there are so many names that we know God by. And if, if you think about each one of these names, it says something about who he is. So we said shalom, peace. The God that, you know, the God of peace. Um, Jehovah Sikeno is that righteousness. You know, the, the righteous one. Every single one speaks something. It says something about the person of God. However, it says, you know, your name, your name. So that, that made me ask myself, so what is that name? And the, the first instance we know that God introduced himself was in Exodus chapter 3. And he introduced himself as Yahweh. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, a Greek or a Hebrew scholar. I'm not going to go into, but he introduced himself as Yahweh to Moses. Apparently, and Yahweh in Hebrew is Heya Hasha Heya. That's where, you know, they, they say you don't put the vowels, so it's YW. So, yeah, y, y, yes, YWH. That's how they, they use, I'm sure some of us know what I'm talking about. But so Yahweh literally comes from, you know, God's introduction of himself as I am. Eya, Asha, Heya. I am that I am. And you, you think about, and that is where we get Jehovah. Yahweh's from Jehovah. And you think, so Moses said that, I think is Exodus 3, 14. Moses said that, you know, I'm, you're saying deliver these people. They're going to ask me, who sent me? Who, you know, who said I should go? And he said, you know, God said to Moses, I am that I am. Thus thou shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am sent you. And, and, you know, you, you think about that word, I am. Hey, that's, that's his name. When Moses asks, what name do I have? He says, I am. I am, I am all things. I'm the existence. I'm, you know, the, the one that is present. Um, the Hebrew translation can also be, I will be what I will be. So he's not, I know, in verse 15, go to verse 15. He says, moreover, God said to Moses, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, the Lord, Lord there is Yahweh, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And, you know, in the New Testament, we see, you know, we see, you know, I think it is the, it is Paul saying that, you know, he's the God of the living, not of the dead. So the God that is present, the one that is, I am. 
And that is his entirety. So all the Yahweh Sabbath, Yahweh Nisi, Yahweh Mekadesh, Yahweh Sitkenu, they're speaking to the many forms that God expresses himself. His name is I am, I'm present. It speaks of his identity. So what is your identity? When you're at work, what do people see? You're, you're not carrying a sign on your forehead that says Christian, but how do you present yourself? When you're at school, how do you present yourself? When you're doing your sports, when you're at leisure, how do you present yourself? When you go shopping, what do people see? When you interact with all sorts of people, do they see the Christ in you? Because that should be your identity. I, I remember a friend of mine once we were talking and he was trying to, I was going to use the word preach to, but it, it was preach. That, that was how we saw it then. You preach to people. I mean, we, we need to share the message. And, it, you know, I was trying to preach to this guy and the guy looked at him and said, you. It was like, if Demola is talking now, listen, but you. I, mean, I won't mention his name. It was like, you that were listening to Pasuman, oh, sorry. Okay, some people know what I'm talking about. So Pasuma was, I don't know if he is, I think he's still, he's a Nigerian singer. He's like saying, you know what, we're always, who's the latest now? I'm looking at the wrong person. Drake, really? Really? It's a big deal. Okay. If you say so, they say you're, you don't know about it. So he's born again. I like that. I like. So, you know, you can think about some of the contemporary. And the guy was like, you know, we're always listening to all these songs together and doing all sorts together. Now you're coming to preach to me. If someone else was preaching to me, I'll, I'll get it. But you, we shouldn't live double lives. If you're a Christian, be a Christian through and through. Let your identity, wherever you find yourself, let your name be, I'm a Christian. First and foremost, Christian, and I'm proud to be a Christian. So in everything I do, it comes out. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Just very quickly, you know, the, the other thing about that verse that I kind of wonder about is, <clears throat> so King James Version says, You have magnified your word above all your name. And personally, I, I question that. If you, a lot of um, classical versions say that. But if you look at a lot of the more contemporary versions, the interpretation is different. Um, so, any New American Standard Bible, you have magnified your word according to all your name. Amplified, for you have magnified your word together with your name. English Standard Version, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Good News Translation, you have shown that your name and your commands are supreme. Now, if, if the name that we bear, if our name is our character, is our identity, is our being, it is who we are, 
then what we speak, what we say, do we place that at a higher pedestal than who we are? Because they should not contradict each other. Who we are should be who we are. What we say should reinforce who we are. What we say should not is not superior or should not be superior to who we are as human beings. So I, I, I get I get it. And if we if we look at the scriptures, we've talked about his many names. The shem, the breath, the character, the personal character. That is who he is. So if that is who he is, then what he says is just a reinforcement of who he is. So his name and his word are supreme above all else. Praise the Lord. Do your words, do they reinforce your name? The things you say, do they speak to your person? Do they speak to your character? Or are they just vain words? Are they empty words? So what you say, are you just talking for the sake of talking? I think it, it will be hypocritical if your word carries more weight than who you are, what your name is, who you are. Because your name is who you are. Your name is your character, is your essence, is your identity. And you're saying it, it should be reinforcing who you are, not, not at disparity. There, there's a song that was coming to my mind, um, Lauren Daigle, talking about identity, you say. And, you, you know, I, okay, so, I keep, na, 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 na. some people are already nodding, know what I'm talking about. Yeah? And in it, no, 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 not the, not child. Um, you say I am lost, and I can't feel a thing. She said, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say I am yours. You know, she said something in one of the stanzas. She says, the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. So is God's, you know, do you find your identity in God? And the things you do, do does it reflect God? Because you're calling yourself by the name of God. So what, what is in the name? A lot is in the name. Shall we rise up to pray? Why didn't why did you just say a word of prayer for yourself this afternoon? Is your, is your identity truly in the Lord? Is your identity truly in God? We call you, you call yourself a Christian. Is that Christ-likeness truly reflected in what you say, in the words you speak? The words you speak, do they reinforce your position in Christ? 
your character, your identity is who you are. That is the name you bear. Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name. Indeed, you're the great I am. You are Yahweh. In you we live. In you we have our being. You're the God who was, who is, and who is to come. You're the God of the living. You're our God. We pray, Father God, that you'll help us to truly find our identity in you. To be who you've called us to be. To walk as you've called us to walk. To live as you've called us to live. That as we bear your name, we'll not bring reproach to you in the mighty name of Jesus. But truly men will see us. Folks will see us. They'll see you in us. That will be known by your name. As the early believers were known by your name, will be known by your name. That our, our lifestyle will make people say that, yes, these ones, they're the children of God. So shall it be for us in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise, Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.